0: You're tuned in to the Thinking Loud Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring author, speaker, and minister. Michael Nimmons.
1: Welcome you to another brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I want to say happy Memorial Day to everybody. I know you all are probably enjoying or getting ready to enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Uh, But we are uh, back with a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And uh, right out the gate, we're dedicating uh, this entire show uh, to... Uh, The young children and the two teachers, the 19 children and the two teachers that were tragically slain at the Udove, Texas Robb Elementary School uh, just a few days ago. Today we have not just my commentary, but also she is the youngest uh, Juris Doctorate uh, in our nation's history, uh, 19 years old. Haley. Taylor Schlitz is with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show.
2: Um, either tone tone deaf to everybody else besides their one their one tone their one note. And uh, like I said in my op-ed Gen Z is not not like that. And um, and we're coming and it's too late and so uh the 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 best that they can do for their for their little chamber for for their little note is um to 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 extend it as long as possible so stricting the possibility of voting makes it harder for gen z to be able to vote which means the change is delayed not not happening it's just delayed it's just so um that's
0: it's
1: time time for time, the thinking our loud radio show of the week. It's the answer for every problem, every question, every situation or circumstance. The word of God again reminds us that some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show and I'm your host, author, motivational speaker and minister, Michael Nimitz. you tuned in to the show is giving voice to issues that matter to you. We want to welcome you to another brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show and uh, I want to say happy Memorial Day to everybody. I know you all are probably enjoying or getting ready to enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. You probably have some great holiday plans coming up and uh, just getting some rest and relaxation. And you also uh, deserve it. Uh, But we are uh, back with a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And uh, right out the gate, we're dedicating uh, this entire show uh, to uh, the young children and the two teachers, the 19 children and the two teachers that were tragically slain at the Udove, Texas, Rob elementary school uh, just a few days ago. Very, very sad and tragic event that took place in our nation's history, and yet another uh, mass shooting uh, that has taken place that we have to grapple with, and um, just uh, very uh, somber mood on today. Um, we are, again, dedicating of this show to the lives of those young people that were lost, and those two teachers, and the several people that were wounded, and to the many, many families that uh, have been impacted by uh, this tragic event that has taken place uh, in just a few days. And in fact, it's our second school shooting, a uh, second mass shooting, I should say, that has taken place in just a matter of two weeks or more. Uh, one, the Buffalo shooting uh, in Buffalo, New, uh, the Buffalo, New York shooting at Topps uh, Market there uh, with 10 uh, shoppers, 10 black uh, shoppers that were killed, unfortunately, uh, at the hands of a deranged white supremacist. Uh, and, and they're having the services and funeral services and arrangements that are being, well, some funeral services that are taking place even now as we speak. Uh, conducted by uh, the the National Action Network and Reverend Al Sharpton Um, and uh, we again thank uh, him for his leadership uh, in that regard and uh, being uh, our uh, Black America's uh, eulogist uh, when it comes to uh, these very delicate and sensitive matters Um, but again uh, we are taking time today just to tribute to those families and those children uh, that is that have uh, were tragically slain and you know I really was not going to do a show this week um, I was going to take the week off and relax and um, just enjoy the Memorial Day holiday like many of you but I began to think about it and the more I thought about it, the more information began to come out about what took place, the more it's been on my mind uh, to come on and talk about what happened and to share what I'm thinking about. And today we have not just my commentary, but also uh, a interview from a dynamic, brilliant young lady who's been on our show before. Um, she is; she was on our show three years ago when she was 15 years old and uh, graduating from high school getting ready to enroll into college and now uh, three years later she is the youngest uh, African American uh, Juris Doctorate uh, in our nation's history Uh, 19 years old Haley Taylor Schlitz is with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. in addition to talking about her Uh, Magnificent educational journey She's going to be talking to us uh, And sharing her thoughts About the mass shooting that took place Just a few days ago At Robb Elementary So this is um, Going to be a great show guys And I really uh, believe that um, The the information that we plan to share I believe will be beneficial And helpful And to those of you who are still grappling with what just happened uh, a few days ago in Adobe, Texas at Robb Elementary. In addition to our interview with uh, this brilliant young mind, Haley Taylor Schlitz, uh, we also have a dynamic thought of the week uh, that we will be sharing at the end of this week's show entitled, In God We Trust. In God we trust and um, it is our way of offering words of comfort and encouragement to the families again of those who lost loved ones their children their spouses and relatives just a few days ago in adobe texas at rob elementary we also want to share with you um something that is um very, I believe, exciting uh, about this podcast and uh, what we're doing um, to make it more interactive. We have transitioned from one uh, podcasting uh, hosting network to another, and um, we are now uh, on Anchor, and um, this podcasting network is directly uh, connected to Spotify, And the advantage of uh, this particular network gives us the ability to connect directly with our listeners in a very, I think, unique way. So those of you who are listening uh, to our podcast on Spotify uh, in particular are now able to uh, leave us a voice message uh, while you are listening to our podcast. Once you finish listening to it uh, or in the middle of it, you can, at any point, uh, there is a link uh, in uh, the podcast episode that gives you the ability to leave us a message and we're able to not just listen to it, but we're now able to add it to uh, the podcast. So we're encouraging those of you who are listening. Where In fact, wherever you're listening to our podcast, um, there's now a link in the podcast episode that gives you the ability to leave us a voice message. And um, it gives you the ability to interact with uh, and to share your thoughts about our thoughts on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We have always loved to interact with and to connect with those who listen to our podcast. And many times, um, as a listener, uh, you don't really get an opportunity to share your thoughts. Um, You know, like you do with terrestrial radio and call in shows, you're able to, you know, dial a number and call and speak directly to the host of that particular radio show, and you're heard on terrestrial radio. Uh, But in this particular case, uh, what Spotify is doing is giving you, the listener, the ability to engage your podcast host. And even though there isn't a live number that you can call to talk to us directly, you can leave us a message and um, we will, um, of course, listen to the message and we'll add it to our podcast so guys I'm excited and I hope you are as well uh, you can also go to our website MichaelNemens.com, and uh, listen to the podcast there and there um, the link is there as well in each podcast episode to leave us a message and it's a very simple process you just click the link it takes you back to anchor where you will Uh, All you have to do is is follow the simple instructions that are listed there and you'll be able to leave us a message for our podcast. And who knows, you may hear your voice on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Well, guys, we're getting ready to take a break. And when we come back, we're jumping right into my interview with this brilliant young mind. The nation's youngest jurist doctorate Haley Taylor Slitz She's with us on this week's edition Of the Thinking Out Loud radio show We'll be right back My
3: name
2: is Maya Nemes, And I want you to listen to my dad Michael Nemes, On the Thinking Out Loud radio show Every Tuesday at 8pm Available everywhere you listen to your podcast And now available on the Detroit Praise Network website
0: You better listen to that little girl The Thinking Out Loud radio show Given voice to issues that matter to you global advocate martin luther king the
1: so i i think the future is is the, the best probably is yet to come particularly coming out of this phase right now coming out of you know the last four years of being dark and desolate. I mean, the last four years, theoretically, could cause, have caused people to to have lost faith, particularly if if Trump had won. I think we wouldn't have a democracy
0: if this man had been reelected. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show.
3: Black to the bone, to the core, to the root. I am, to America, a very strange fruit, born from a tree nearly wilted from its traps into a world content with racial labeling and criminal profiles. I search for troops that have been withheld from books produced to tell history. And it's a mystery how they missed me or people like me when our backs were broken from building this country. And our hands were calloused from sowing seeds upon which men and women would bleed and still not be freed for another three hundred years. I believe some mothers still cry those slaves tears. Cause fear and anger run deep and get passed down through generations like heirlooms. And in the heirlooms the stench of discrimination as this nation falls deeper into complacency denying black
0: beauty and black pride black lives really do matter here on the thinking out loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you
3: refined rebranded reinvented reinvigorated revived the new michaelnimmons.com website is finally here and believe me it's worth the wait a state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the thinking out loud radio show podcast watch thinking out loud tv read the thinking out loud blog purchase books and swag and so much more subscribe today and get a free gift on us stop by the new Michael Nimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking experience. What is up, beautiful people? It's your girl Lex DeVine in the building, kicking it with yours truly, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud Radio and TV
2: show. All right, y'all, stay tuned.
3: You
1: send me to
3: the radio show. Keep it locked, keep
1: it locked, keep it locked. Well, guys, we are back and um we are uh talking to a very, very special young lady on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. She's been with us uh, on, an episode, on an episode three years ago, and we're so very happy to have her back with us uh, on this week's edition. But before we jump into the interview with her, I want to give her a proper introduction. She is a her story maker, author, public speaker, respected thought leader on the issues students of color face navigating gifted and talented programs in our public schools. She spent the last four years of her life pursuing educational excellence. In May of 2022, she became the youngest black American and youngest woman to ever graduate from law school in the history of the United States on February 28, 2020. She was also featured by iconic singer Beyonce as one of her This Is Black History 2020 honorees. She's one of four people featured during Black History Month by the iconic singer. In June of 2022, she was elected to serve as a delegate for vice president, for then vice president Joe Biden, to the Democratic National Convention. She's one of the youngest people ever elected to serve As a DNC delegate in 2020, I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to good friend of ours, the youngest jurist doctorate in U.S. history and advocate and activist, our good friend, Haley Taylor Sliss. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. absolutely it is so good to see you again
2: yes it's great to be back it doesn't feel like it's been three years
1: <laughs> i know i know um for those that have been following the show in the five years that we've been doing it haley was on the show three years ago and um it was amazing we saw her interview on good morning america like many of you did uh, as the youngest Um, uh, African-American graduating from high school, heading into, uh, was it heading into college or graduating from college in 2015?
3: Graduating from
1: college, right. Graduating from college in 2015, guys. And uh, that was a tremendous interview. Uh, You can go back into our archives to listen to that amazing interview that we had with her. But just imagine three years later, she is now, the youngest Juris Doctorate in U.S. history. Congratulations.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How does it feel to be the youngest Juris Doctorate in U.S. history?
2: I mean, I just feel immense pride and I'm also feel, i also feel very humbled. I, uh, haven't, I've been searching for a better word than excited or proud, uh, for the last couple of weeks and I just, I don't have one. I'm just very proud. Uh, I was excited all the way up until I was getting hooded. I was excited all the way from getting hooded to now proud, humble. I don't have a better word. <laughs>
1: I am just as excited as you are because, you know, I can see the excitement on your face. I can (laughs) feel the excitement through the screen. Um, It's just amazing. Uh, You know, for our podcast, when we talked to you three years ago, we were on the phone, so we didn't see each other. But this in this format, we decided to transition to video now. And uh, it is so good again to talk to you and to see you uh, in this uh, in this format.
2: Absolutely, I'm really glad that we're getting to do this. Uh, I'm glad that we're getting to incorporate video. It's great to do this uh, with seeing you this time. I am looking forward to this conversation.
1: I am too. You know, um, I <clears throat> so much has happened in these uh, three years since we've talked, um, and one thing I want to get your thoughts on. Uh, Just recently, of course, a lot of historic things have been happening in our nation's history, one of which is uh, we have now uh, nominated and confirmed first ever black woman as a Supreme Court justice in Katanji Brown Jackson. I want to know what your thoughts are about that historic, historic nomination and confirmation in our nation's history.
2: I am so excited uh again i need to find words to expand my vocabulary to describe these just elated feelings that i feel at times like this it um is just it's her story uh she made her story she is a fantastic role model for uh all people but uh specifically for young girls and girls of color out there um you hear if you see it you can be it and uh she really is the epitome of that the epitome of black girl magic i just uh, i've i've looked up different her since before she was uh nominated to be a supreme court justice and now it's just i'm proud of her and (laughs) and, um i want to meet her one day that'd be that'd be awesome
1: i'm sure you do do you you see do you see yourself in her when you when you watching it and i know as many of uh, us who are listening uh, to this interview uh did you know watching her speak on the white house lawn. After her confirmation, it was such a powerful, powerful speech that she gave. Uh, I know, you know, black young girls uh, and women uh, around the country and even the world were watching this event and and uh, and hopeful about the the, the possibility that exists now in this country. What 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 did you think of it when you heard her and you saw her? Uh, on the White House line after she was confirmed.
2: Yeah, I mean, you really hit it on the head. Uh, like you said, nationally, uh, she's an inspiration and a trailblazer for girls and girls of color, people of color, people in general, all over the world. Um, she's an inspiration. And I think it's really important for the world to see that America has taken this step in the right direction um, and getting our voices in the Supreme Court, having a seat at the table, being able to have our experiences heard, our point of view shared. Um, I think that that's really inspiring, not just to people of color and girls and girls of color specifically in our nation, but also a worldwide, uh, people often turn to America to see what news is going on, to see what we're up to. Um, our activity does heavily influence the world and, um, can often inspire people all over the world or scare people all over the world. And, um, I think that that was a really inspiring moment for everybody, uh, nationally. So you hit it on the
1: head. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I know you guys are enjoying my interview with this brilliant young jurist doctor, my good friend, uh, Haley Taylor Sliss. She's back with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. You know, in your bio, ladies and gentlemen, it, I mean, I just scratched the surface when I read to you some of her accomplishments. I mean, I'm talking to a, a real celebrity uh, on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Um, I have have to pinch myself because uh, she is truly, truly an amazing young lady. She's been on ABC News. She's been on Good Morning America. She's been on CNN, you name it. And then, of course, uh, she has been uh, selected as uh, Beyonce's This is Black History honoree. And, And then on top of that, even selected as a delegate for the democratic national convention back in 2020 by then uh, vice president joe biden i want to know from you what is what do you feel like is your proudest uh, accomplishment in your young 19 years on this earth <laughs>
2: That's a great question and every single time I get asked, I uh, cannot narrow it down to one specific instance, um, only because they're all equal. When I speak to a classroom or I speak to students, uh, I'm always so proud to be able to add that onto my list of things that I've done. Um, Not only do I feel like I'm giving back, but I really hope to inspire uh, the student body that I'm talking to, like I said, whether I guess the young Gen Z body that I'm talking to, just students or otherwise a youth group of some sort. Uh, I really hope that my story can inspire them to build their path and really thrive and work hard in life and, you know, just really take that control and empowerment and be motivated to work hard. And every single time I speak to a a youth group, a student body, something of the like, I am so proud to just be able to stay uh, engaged and engage them and give back and hopefully inspire. So uh, all of them are tied for first. (laughs)
1: Well, that was a good answer, but I know, I know one or two of those have got to be at the very, very top of that (laughs) list. She's being kind to us guys, but I know that there's got to be, I know if I was on Beyonce's list, that's got, that would probably have to be number one for me. I don't know. (laughs) But she she told us that, you know, they're all pretty much equal. We'll, 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 we'll let you off the hook with that.
3: (laughs) It's true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, I know you guys are enjoying my interview with this brilliant young jurist doctorate, my good friend, Haley Taylor Slitz. She's with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, we want to take a break, but when we come back, we're jumping into another area of our conversation. We want to talk about what's just happened in adobe texas with this uh tragic school shooting you don't want to go anywhere you're tuned in to one of the highest you're listening shows to online. the thinking out, thinking out loud, out loud radio, radio show, show. We'll with right pastor
3: back. michael nimmons don't you dare touch that dial
0: Given voice to issues that matter to you. The people have spoken An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't don't, don't 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 touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out
1: Loud radio show. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back, and I know you are enjoying my interview with this brilliant young juris Doctorate attorney, advocate, and activist Haley Taylor Slitz is back with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And in the first segment, we talked a lot about her accomplishments, but again, I'm sure we just scratched the surface. Uh, and all that she has done uh, and is doing. Uh, But in this uh, segment and in the next segment, the next two segments, actually, we're going to be talking about um, the tragedy, uh, the national tragedy that took place just a few days ago in Adobe, Texas at Robb Elementary School there, uh, where so many uh, of us have been uh, grappling with what took place there, Uh, So many questions and not enough answers uh, that we um, that we don't seem to have right now. And I I just want to get some of your thoughts about uh, what took place um, and, you know, kind of have a conversation, especially for those of us who are still kind of reeling uh, about another mass shooting that took place that has taken place within the last uh, couple of weeks actually and Mm -hmm. so I want to start here Haley um what were your initial thoughts after hearing the news of yet another mass shooting in a little more than two weeks on this time at an elementary school in Adobe Texas
2: my immediate thoughts were how absolutely outrageous um I you know I've uh I immediately went to the news and, uh, different sources and tried to do research. And of course, when it immediately happened, there was only so much information out. Uh, but there were a lot of elected officials who had been tweeting like thoughts and prayers or with them or how sad, I even saw some of my classmates and stuff crying on social media. And. This is a really difficult time for all of us. And just like you said, like you said it perfectly, it's a difficult time. We're all grappling with questions and trying to understand, but you know, thoughts and prayers and tears are not enough. That's just, it's never been enough, but you know, how many, how many more students' lives need to be lost? How many more schools need to be shut up until you realize that crying isn't, isn't stopping the 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 problem it's not saving the lives of these children and your thoughts and prayers is not enough especially as an elected official and so um newly elect Jasmine Crockett said it perfectly on twitter this is absolutely outrageous uh, she was talking about how action needs to be taken we saw Betty O'Rourke went down to uh the press conference uh and really called out the governor and it's it's those kinds of actions is the the calling out of our elected officials it's a step in the right direction. Not just thoughts and tears and prayers, and so I—that uh, was my immediate thought was like how absolutely outrageous, how devastating. Um, I v- definitely feel just like everybody else. My thoughts and prayers and love and tears are with the families and ev- anybody and everybody who suffered with this, and we're all suffering with it. But you know, I also thought, what's the what? What's the solution? What's a plan of action? Because you know, we saw before COVID, so many it just it spiked school shootings spiked. And, um, I guess, thankfully because of COVID, um, they like very much, uh, were went down because everybody was online. But as we go back to in person, we're seeing that these school shootings, it's not, we we didn't, we didn't stop the school shooting rage with COVID. And why would it? Because it's not like the lack of COVID is what was causing the problem for school shooters and school Mm. shooting. And so it's just it's it really shows the desperate need for some sort of regulations and action by our elected officials. But it's not just the elected officials. It's also the community and the citizens holding elected officials accountable because there's only so much they can do. And we're the ones who elected them. So if they're not doing what you want to see them do, get them out of office or talk to them and get them to do what you want them to do. And if they refuse, then you go and use your vote as you should vote in every election to get them out of office. Office. So it really is a lot. My immediate thoughts were a lot of action needs to be taken. And when I went to different social media news sources, I didn't see any, nearly anybody saying that like as their initial uh, outreach to the community, that that was what their first thoughts were. They were just crying or praying and that's important. And we're all suffering with this, but you know, what's next? It was my question.
3: Hmm.
1: I, I agree with you a hundred percent I mean <clears throat> yes um our initial thoughts were um, outrage um uh, disappointment it was uh, frustration you know all of the all of those those uh, emotions came to mind you know when we heard about what took place just a few days ago uh and and even thinking uh thinking back to the mass shooting in Buffalo. At mm-hmm. Tops Market, at Tops Market, yeah. uh, and 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 here, uh, just a little more than two weeks ago, uh, we're now uh, suffering from yet another national tragedy uh, at the hands of a deranged teenager, and and I agree with you. You know what's next? Uh, it's a time for action. It's a time for us to act, and um, I I I I agree that. Um, you know, the, the, the thoughts and prayers are not enough, uh, and it is time for us to do something. And we're going to get into that, that the, the solution part of this in the next segment. But, uh, I want to, to, to talk about, uh, some of the stories that have come out, uh, of this, this, this national tragedy that again, we all are just still reeling about, uh, there's so much There's so much information and and even misinformation coming out of this tragic shooting at Robb Elementary from hearing that 19 officers were literally standing outside of the classroom where the gunman had barricaded himself, executing children, and, and they were simply waiting on a janitor to bring them a key to open the door to another story about a mother driving 40 miles to the school upon hearing about this shooting. And she was arrested outside of the school and then released and snuck away and jumped the fence and ran into the school to rescue her two children, which she was able to do. These are just two stories that we ran across uh, in and in, in, in what has come out of uh, this national tragedy. I wanna know from you, what stories have you heard or seen that have struck you the most?
2: Yeah, those two that you just named about the police officers and the mother are definitely very moving. And I think it does spark a lot of conversation about police qualifications and uh, what maybe that that standard should be raised, but that's maybe for the solution segment. Uh, but one of the stories that hit closest to me or really, really make, got me thinking about just the world we live in was, um, a story I heard about an 11 year old girl who played dead and covered herself with the blood of her classmates, um, pretending to be dead, to not get shot by the killer. And it worked. Um, she had some, some, uh, injuries, but she's not dead. And it's just the ability to stay calm enough in that situation to keep your head while, you know, those around you are losing theirs and really, um, like come up with a plan of action that worked. Um, It makes you question whether or not that was her idea or a conversation that happened at home. And it makes you wonder if there are conversations happening at home where people have to talk to their eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old elementary school students. If a gunman comes into your classroom, put blood on yourself and play dead, is what you need to tell your, your children, your bona fide children. About And they shouldn't have to go to school worrying about which class, one of their classmates, you know, at their table of four, it's, you know, like, look to your left, look to your right, one of you guys might not be going home. Like, that's completely inappropriate. And we all agree to that. But like, we were just saying that it's not enough to just agree to do something about it. And so that story really struck me because, like I said, not only that even if it was a conversation at home, she was able to execute that plan and like bring herself to get the blood of her classmates and put it on her to not be crying or anything to the point where she was looking alive and got shot. Um, just to be able to keep calm and do that. Remember that that was the conversation they had and do it, um, is extremely impressive. And, um, in. And she obviously, uh, she she's very smart and it's very unfortunate that that had to happen at all, obviously. Um, but on top of that, like I said, it makes me wonder if that was something she came up with in the moment as the gunman was shooting kids down, or the more likely situation is that she was talked to at home about this exact situation, which is very unfortunate. None of this obviously is a fortunate outcome or situation, but the fact that any of this needs to happen, but conversations at home preparing for these things to happen is not the solution. The solution is not for parents to take it upon themselves to tell their kids how to not die in a mass shooting at school. like it, the 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 solution is on representatives and the community to write laws and you know get active to fix these problems that are causing these school shootings. So that's a story that stuck with me. And um like I said, it it does bring a lot of questions uh, to mind as to what's next.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. And I heard that story as well. And you bring up a good point about, you know, what what, was she in the moment when 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 she came up with that that plan of action to save herself? Or Mm -hmm. was it a part of a conversation that she had with her parents? Uh, And which, of course, is unfortunate that you have to have those kinds of conversations with your children at 11 years old. Uh, it's just so sad. And then I also heard another story about a substitute teacher uh, who was smart enough uh, to tell her students to turn the lights off in the classroom and everybody get on the floor. And the gunman would w- walk by the classroom because he didn't think anybody was in there because the lights were off. And mm-hmm. and, and that entire classroom uh, were, were saved from the carnage uh, that he inflicted on those other classmates. And so, you know, those are just a few of the stories that have come out as a result of this national tragedy that took place at, uh, uh, at Rob Elementary just a few days ago. And again, it is, we're still reeling about it. Uh, again, so many questions and not enough answers uh, to suffice when it comes to, you know, why this happened, you know what was his motive and uh and how could have this how could this been a, have been avoided uh mm-hmm. and all of that uh, is just tremendous and i wanted to take time today to dedicate this episode to those families that were impacted by the 19 children that were lost and the two teachers that sacrificed their lives for their their uh their students and then you heard about I'm sure you heard about the, the one teacher who, whose husband, um, well, she died and her husband was planning for her funeral and he had a heart attack and, uh, and died as well. So now you have, uh, children that, uh, have lost both of their parents Mm -hmm. in just days apart from each other. Just, just tragic. And I know that, um, this is some difficult times and, uh, you know, it's just it's it's sad. I'm 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 at a point now where we we are asking the question of uh, what's next, uh, what is next? And you know, after hearing about uh, Haley, after hearing about the blatant dereliction of duty from uh, the, uh, the 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 Avalda of Avaldi Texas Police Department, you know, all of the different things that you know it looks like they didn't do, uh. And at one point, the Texas Governor Greg Abbott was, you know, lauding and touting their quick response. But then, the more uh, investigating that had been done, more information was coming out to uh, uh, to the to the contrary that, you know, they did not go in as quickly as they should have. Um, they they took longer than they should have in responding to what took place in fact uh there was a tweet i believe by abby phillips from cnn who who said that uh the officers uh on the outside uh were telling the federal marshals not to go in because the active shooter was barricaded in the in a room and was basically no no longer a threat uh, to their knowledge uh when children were calling nine, when children were calling nine one one, at the same time requesting for the police uh, to come in for help, and mm-hmm. so with 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 this blatant dereliction of duty, uh, what do you see happening? What is going to be the fallout? as a result of this do you see class action lawsuits being levied against the police department possibly even the school district and the administration what do you see with the fallout being especially now that uh the killer or the gunman has been killed uh mm-hmm. in uh, in response uh, uh in in the response to what happened
2: yeah absolutely i do see lawsuits coming um i feel like that's that that is very foreseeable, Um, like you said, maybe against the police, against the school district administrators. Um, I see all of those as uh, very, very possible. Um, I also see, uh, hopefully, uh, a wave of of voters coming out and voting for uh, maybe new elected officials, um, as this is, hopefully, hopefully, this has happened enough times now where, um, you know, one should be enough. But, uh, you know, with COVID, Maybe people forgot that this was a problem that needs to be addressed. And um, hopefully this is a reminder, if if nothing else, uh, to allow people to get motivated to go out and vote and uh, maybe vote for a Change in the way our elected officials think. Um, I think that if that were to happen, there would be increased taxes on bullets and guns, change requirements to become a police officer, um, different security measures on campus. And I'm not saying police officers on campus, but um, different procedures. Um, and also, not one door at the school, not that either, but um, different procedures to p- protect students in the classroom. Um, different, you know, there's also a lot of times you hear Republicans say, like, this is um, not a mental health problem, or this is a mental health problem, whichever, you know, mental health comes into the debate. Um, there can be mental health resources that address identifying these students early and, um, getting them the the care they need, um, or a space where they're not a threat to, um, students and, and society at large. Um, so I do see a lot of potential outcomes for this. And I think it does depend on, um, uh, the the community. I think it depends on people going out there and not just protesting or anything, but um, actually voting. And again, like this common theme of this whole segment, like taking action and looking at what what results do you want to see and how can you get there? Because we all know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So we've been doing the same thing this whole time: not changing what Texas representatives look like, not changing how they think, not in ta- increasing taxes on guns, not restricting gun, nothing. We haven't. We've been the thing. All that happened was COVID and that's nothing that we did. And now that we're going back in person again, nothing has changed. So why would the result be different? Mm-hmm. So hopefully, um, this is enough to finally get people to go out and vote and, um, take action and not just cry or pray.
1: Wow. You know, you, you, you said quite a bit there and, and the, 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 the first thing that came to my mind is, is, is this actually enough? You know, when when is it, is enough really enough? Mm -hmm. Have we reached that point where enough young people have died at the hands of of deranged domestic terrorists Mm -hmm. uh, for us to finally come to our senses. Mm -hmm. And you thought that that was going to be the case. But uh, as we talk in the next segment, uh, we're finding out that that's not the case because we're starting to hear the same chorus of uh of lyrics from the uh the 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 polit the politicians who refuse to uh to vote for uh legislation for stricter gun laws and mm-hmm. and and for uh background checks stricter background checks and and all of these types of things and and um it's just it's sad it really is and uh we're going to talk more about that In the next segment, guys, I know you're enjoying my interview with this young, bright, talented doctorate attorney and advocate, my good friend Haley Taylor Slits is with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm jumping right back into my interview. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back.
3: Don't, don't 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 touch that dial.
1: It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it.
0: Do your thing, holla. Peace. Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you.
3: Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimitz. Vision is an insightful, thought provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at Michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision, vision, vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Don't don't, don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right
1: back. All right, guys, we are back, and I know you're enjoying my interview with this brilliant and talented young attorney, advocate, and activist. My good friend, Haley Taylor Slitz, is with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, And, of course, we have been talking about a very somber uh, and tragic incident that has taken place, uh, that has taken the attention of our nation and even, dare I say, the world uh, with – this mass shooting in Adobe, Texas at Robb Elementary. And um, I wanted to, you know, really talk in this segment about solutions and, you know, where, where do we, what do we do next? Where do we go from here? According to NPR, uh, Haley, there have been 27, I can't believe that, 27 mass shootings in 2020 alone. This year so far, how do we fix this?
2: That is um, a terrible number. Obviously, anything above zero is a terrible number. I um I think that there are a lot of potential avenues uh, for going about solutions to this. Um, like we were talking about earlier, uh, getting out there and voting, and uh, we have a lot of local elections happening right now um, a lot of councils and state board of education, things like that. They're, they're coming up or they're happening now, or they just happened. And, um, so to get out there and to vote and to use your voice of outrage, hopefully, um, at this incident, uh, and to use it to speak as to who you want to represent you and come up with these solutions. Because, um, as you said earlier, we're hearing the same, was the same chorus that we've heard this whole time. And, uh, if you want that to change, um, then you need to change who's, who's, singing, uh, in that mm-hmm. situation. So, uh, I think that that is a great, at least start. Um, and then when you get those elected officials into place, talking to them about stricter gun laws as to who can even get guns in the first place, because this, I mean, we can all agree this kid clearly didn't even need a gun. So, uh, how did he get one? And what laws can we write to restrict people like him from getting one? Um, in general, most people, to be honest, don't need a gun. Uh, but if you're going to have one, there should be a strict long procedure to getting one and there should be taxes and, uh, different like fines and things for getting a gun. And the different kinds of guns have different kinds of taxes and are steeper. The, the automatic, weapons that you know like just spray bullets everywhere i just that that should be very highly taxed like and if you want these things to be implemented uh the people that are currently in power have demonstrated their refusal to do that so if you want that to be implemented if you want stricter gun laws in general uh taxes on bullets or guns um the procedure if you want the removal of guns the current Our current representatives are not going to do that. So getting out there and voting is um, definitely crucial. And um, I think that a fantastic solution would be uh, increasing the level of education required to be a police officer. Um, A high school diploma is is, uh, shameful. That, that should not be where we allow people who um, adjudicate whether or not somebody gets to keep their life on the streets. Like literally just like, look at George Floyd, just on the street. They were the jury, the, the police officer, jury, judge, executioner, all of it, all of it. Mm-hmm. He did it all in the span of uh, that whole, that whole incident. That's it. He didn't get a trial or anything. Even if he was breaking the law, even if you're, even if you're accused of murder, you get a trial. And so that's not something that George Floyd got, and uh, that's it. that just demonstrates the need for police officers to have higher education, and in which case results in higher pay for our police officers. Um, we need to value them and demonstrate that, and demonstrate that we value a higher education because not only is it costly to get a higher education, but they're worth more with a higher education. And so I think that, but you know, that's not going to be implemented with our current representatives. So getting out there and voting is, uh, uh, you know, you're back back to that a foundation of voting and uh, voting is the foundation of democracy and we live in a democracy. So um, it's no wonder that voting is uh, very often a good start um, because that's how you get your voice heard in, in this, in this hierarchy of representation. And so I think that that is a great place to start looking into when your local, when your local elections are happening and putting it on your calendar, putting reminders, making time for it. And, um, you know, I mean, when, when you go and vote, when you change people who are representing you. Uh, hopefully they'll make the voting laws easier because right now it's very difficult to vote in Texas, and so that does deter a lot of people from actually even being having the ability to go out there and vote in the first place because of the restrictions that we have. But how does that change? Because I promise you, uh, you know, Abbott's not going to change it. So he 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 thinks it should be stricter. So in order to change that again, um, you need to go and vote. And so before it can get any worse, the voting restrictions than it is right now, you need to go out there and vote. It's only going to get harder. And so. So I think that voting in every election is a fantastic start to potential solutions to this problem.
1: And I completely agree with you. I mean, um it, you, you know, voting is 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 actually uh the fundamental right that we all have as citizens of this country and uh it's one that we all should exercise because um if we're not hearing what we want to hear from our politicians, uh, then we need to change the uh, we need to change those politicians, and I yes. don't think people really understand uh, mm-hmm. that the uh, the 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 power of our voice uh, is our vote. It's our voice and our vote, and it's important that they understand that uh, their jobs are not guaranteed. Their jobs are not secure if yes. they're not uh, serving our best interests. Uh, then they need to be replaced
3: absolutely and I
1: think for most of them they under they, for the most part some of uh, well I wouldn't, I'm not I'm not going to even go into percentages but uh, mm-hmm. you would hope that they understood that mm-hmm. but from what we're seeing now they don't seem to mm-hmm. um and, and 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 that is the saddest part about all of this because you wonder what is it going to take for them to come to uh, the realization that something's got to, something's got to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we the American people have, have understood this, but it seems like the politicians are the ones that have, are the last to get that message. And so in that case, that's why voting is important. If they're the last ones to get the message, then, then, then they need to be changed yep. then they're they they, they do not need to be in office nope. and um and and you mentioned better O'Rourke um earlier and um uh, somebody tweeted out how in the world did mm-hmm. Ted Cruz beat better O'Rourke yep. uh, uh for for well, for the Senate a few years ago yep. because you th- they're polar opposites of each mm-hmm. other and uh I, I just cannot see how Uh, he is not in the Senate and Ted Cruz is not somewhere uh, in a, uh, you know, picking up cans at Walmart, you know, (laughs) but this is, is and this is sad. And it's a reflection of where the Republican party is. And we'll talk more about that in this next question, because it, 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 you know, here, the, 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 the politics of this is coming out and, And we're starting to see this more. We're starting to see this happen more and more. You know, the NRA, everybody knows about the NRA, and and they're holding their 151st convention less than 300 miles from where this shooting took place in Texas. And already, this tragedy is being politicized by the likes of politicians, uh, uh, the likes of politicians like Donald Trump. Ted Cruz, and many, many others. And I want to know from you, what is it going to take to get these and others like them to truly understand that most Americans are in favor of stricter gun legislation?
2: They understand they understand and they're scared. That's that's exactly. They're scared, and uh, every single advance in the direction that's not like in their favor. So another school shooting, stricter abortion laws, uh, another George Floyd, another Sandra Bland. Every single time, there's another voter who's who's hopefully. Getting engaged and outraged, uh, and getting out there and voting, and that voter is not in favor of Trump or Abbott or Ted Cruz, and they so they know that, and so hence the stricter voting laws, hence um, the fear that they're losing their grasp on white supremacy, and this is the it's 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 circular, honestly, and. They, like, like like I said, to answer your question, they do know that most people, most people in America, most people in Texas do want stricter voting uh, gun laws, but uh, they have a hard time getting out there and voting because of our strict voting laws. And uh, that was all part of the plan. And so I think that, um, that's why they're constantly trying to attack things like they're trying to blame the problem on mental health. Um, even though we see, if you just look at some statistics, a a couple Google searches, 53% of mass shootings are done, uh, by white people, 98% done by men. So the majority is done by white men, yet, uh, white youth, white people in general, I think it was like a 31% of them get their mental health issues addressed compared to people of color, where it's like a very, it's like maybe single digit of them get their mental health issues addressed. And uh, mass shooters, it's only like 7.8% Latino and 16% African-American. Like I said, 53% are white people who are doing the mass shootings. 98% men, again, majority of people who are doing these mass shootings are white men. And when people start to realize these statistics and see that is obviously not in favor of anything that the Republicans have been saying right now it's, Oh, he was an illegal immigrant. He wasn't, he was, you know, he he's, he's Latino. Most, you know, we all know that people of color have violent tendencies or, you know, it was mental health issues, or maybe we need more like police officers on school campuses or one door to the school is somehow a solution and not like a fire hazard. Or if that door gets barricaded by the gunman himself, like now nobody can escape. So that's a terrible idea, but they're constantly they're they're pulling at strings hoping that these people who are uh, having a hard time voting are just not voting see like don't don't hear they don't get motivated by these statistics that we're seeing. Don't get motivated by these restrictions on a, on your right to choose these restrictions on voting. These, these constant school shootings. If, if these people hear and get motivated by this, hear these statistics of exactly who's doing the school shootings. Like you said, they're in favor of stricter gun laws and the stricter gun laws. That's not what these Republicans want. So if they say it's a mental health issue, then people won't be focusing on the stricter gun laws. They'll be focusing on mental health. And if they say, Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's, illegal immigrants, then people who are against immigration are focusing on that and not on the gun laws. So it's a constant diversion and it's not even true. And Mm. so they already know, they already know that people are in favor of stricter gun laws. That's why they're making more, uh, one of many reasons why the voting laws are more strict. That's why they don't want you to hear these statistics. That's why they're trying to constantly divert your attention to things that aren't true, like, more violent people of color or something, or completely go off the edge with abortion laws or something, voting rights. So that way you're not focusing on the guns and you're not focusing on the values that they really, really care about. Like their guns are like any other issue that they don't want you to focus on that they know if the voters were to go out there and vote, it would so not be in their favor. It's not even funny. So like you said, it, it begs the question, how did Beto lose? and it's because people aren't going out and voting or because they're having a really hard time voting, and that's what they want. Because if people knew these statistics, if people were speaking out about their opposition toward the the current gun laws, if people had the ability to vote because the voting laws were less strict, um, then they'll go out there and voice their opinions, and they'll lose their guns, God forbid. Uh, Women will get to control their own bodies, God forbid. Uh, They won't be, the biggest part is they'll lose their supremacy, they'll lose their power. They won't be in office anymore because most Americans do not agree with them, especially youth. So as Gen Z comes of age and being able to vote, you know, I mean, at some point it's inevitable. But the, the, the question is, how long will it take? How many lives need to be lost before they're out of office? And they will be at some point. But. You know, how, how, how many more elementary schools need to be shut up? How 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 do, how extreme does the punishment for abortion need to get? Does it need to be first degree murder before we finally go out there and ask to change or like, demand to change the abortion laws and change our representatives? Uh, at what point, how far are we going to let them restrict voting until we basically can't vote anymore? Like mm. at that point, it's even harder to get them out of office because we can't even vote and that's their plan. They want to keep their power. They want to keep their supremacy and they want to have the laws the way they want them, whether it be guns, abortion or anything else. And the only way that they do that is if you don't know about these statistics and you can't voice your opinion and you don't get outraged about all the issues that I've talked about. So they already know to answer your question that majority of America does not agree with them and uh, they're doing their very best to keep their power and supremacy, uh, whether it be via voting or via distractions. So,
1: I couldn't have said it better myself, (laughs) I'm telling you, you know, and and you bring up a good point about them already knowing, uh, because I was going to answer the question a little bit differently, but I'll, but, uh, you know, I'll defer to you with that because, you know, yeah, they, they, I, I I believe you're right. They already know. And, and, uh, they, they, even though, you know, what is constantly being said about, uh, from them in most cases about their job is that, you know, I'm here, we're here to serve our constituency. We're here representing uh, the people of Texas. We're here representing the people of Michigan and so on and so forth. But if most Americans are against your opinion or your policies or or what you believe to be the truth, then Mm -hmm. you're not representing the people of your of your you're you're not representing your constituency. And so, uh, you know, that's why I say uh, that the Republican Party uh, and, and their leadership is tone deaf they're 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 when they when they talk it's like they are uh separated from the people they're representing because those very same people are uh diametrically opposed to everything that these politicians that claim to be representing them believe in and uh it's sad it really is um and it's frustrating you know looking at this and I was going to answer the question uh, completely different because, you know, I, I was thinking to myself, you know how it is. People, have, people are. Uh, the, the, there's a saying: uh, the the, the dull survival of the fittest is is what we are uh, most prone to when it comes to to the self preserve our self preservation. We are looking out for. Ourselves in most cases, and uh, mm-hmm. and so I say that to say, unfortunately, sit, unfortunately, politicians like Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and 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 many of them will have to experience the same tragedies mm-hmm. that these parents. At Rob Elementary and Parkland uh, Parkland School, and and uh, and other schools around the country, what they will have to experience those same tragedies for them to realize that something has to be done. It's not until they experience the same hurt that these parents are feeling. It's not until they experience the same loss that those parents are feeling that will start to hear a different message from them unfortunately yep. Uh, yep. and you know i it, it, you hate to say that
3: yep. but
1: and i really believe that is true in in a yep. sense but on the other side of that i also understand why They know it, but they don't want to do anything about it because the NRA is lining their pockets Mm -hmm. to keep them quiet, to keep them from standing up and speaking out about why uh, there should be stricter gun legislation, why there should be uh, stricter background checks, and why this is more than just a mental health issue, even though that is a very much a part of it as well but uh i i I just you know the the the, there is definitely a disconnect in the republican party what are your thoughts
2: about that I I hear what you're saying, and I actually wrote an op-ed where I kind of echo a little bit of what you're saying as well, Um, and I think uh, it kind of piggybacks piggybacks or builds off of what you're saying about uh, the op-ed was about how Gen Z um, is is coming, and uh, we're the first generation America's ever seen that's majority-minority. And uh, majority, minority meaning uh, majority, different groups of minorities, not, you know, because oftentimes you'll hear how can one be majority and minority and minority doesn't just mean black. So uh, you have blacks, Latinos, Asians, anything in between and outside of that. So uh, majority uh, groups of minorities and uh, Gen Z is the first generation that this nation has seen that is majority minority. And in the op ed, I was talking about how we're already. Uh, we're already a generation of advocacy and civil rights and speaking out and voting and um, education. Uh, it's it's uh, already happening. It's already coming. And um, I think that, like you said, the Republican Party is tone deaf or maybe just monotone and only hearing what they want to hear in an echo chamber of that one note that they only want to hear um, that they're right or uh, that they are still like the superior race or whatever, uh, whatever that one tone is that they so desperately want to grasp onto. And every time it's, uh, slightly threatened in, which is constant daily basis as Gen Z, like I said, is coming and, uh, we are, um, fired up and it's too late and they know that. So of course they're desperately trying to protect that one note. That's that's they've already, they're too invested in this one note to, to change. It's, it's not, not, it's their whole mindset. It's the only thing that they've ever thought growing up that they're somehow more deserving than everybody else. And somehow equal rights means unequal for them and how they're, you know, what black lives matter means white lives don't. And it's, it's this constant Mm. mindset that. Now, it, it, even if it can be changed they don't want it to change they are they're comfortable with this one no, not even a song this one note that they've been listening to their whole lives their parents passed this down to them it's an ideology all the way back from the war of northern aggression it's not something that's going to change at least overnight and um of course when you're extremely invested in this in this echo chamber um if the chamber is slowly starting to get deconstructed and you have to hear other noises now it, it's it's not it, it's, it's out of their comfort zone and we see that they think that the law was made for their comfort. And we hear that with critical race theory, you know, like if a student's uncomfortable, it can't be taught. And even even if that's been rewritten now, you see where their mindset was. You see what they would want the law to be is their comfort. The law equals protecting their comfort. That's what they think. And now that that's not, that's gradually, but nonetheless, not the case, it's, it's, it's a threat. And um, like, like I guess like any like any other being on this planet, when you feel threatened, your options are fight or flight. And they're fighting, and they're fighting for their one their one note, the one thing that they have, the one thing that they know, their echo chamber of everybody else knowing that one thing. And uh, if you take that from them, they they have nothing left, and they have to admit that they were wrong. That there are other notes in, in the world and other things, other truths that other people are living and singing and hearing. And they, 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 they would have to admit that they're wrong, that they've been wrong. Their parents were wrong. the the way that they've been practicing their religion is wrong. Like they would have to, and they're not, they, they can't. And even if they can, they're not. And um, so, like you said, it's really um, either tone, tone deaf to everybody else besides their one, their one tone, their one note. And um, like I said, in my op-ed, Gen Z is not not like that. And um, and we're coming and it's too late. And so uh, the 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 best that they can do for their for their little chamber, for for their little note is um, to, to to extend it as long as possible. So stricting the possibility of voting makes it harder for Gen Z to be able to vote, which means the change is delayed. Not right. not happening, it's just delayed. It's just delayed. And so um that's the best they can do is delay it. And they're trying to delay it as long as possible and do everything in their power to divert people's attention from the fact that they're delaying change. So you know, abortion is murder, and everybody's like, oh my God. And now they're delaying their, their that that distraction, which is still very valid and completely inappropriate. Oh. But nonetheless, while we're focusing on that rightfully, the voting laws are getting stricter or name something else that delays change because we're either not voting because it's hard or we're just not. And because we don't think it's like valuable or something, or if we are voting, it's only a few of us and they've made it easier for their population, their Republican population to vote than for us, because we were distracted with whether or not it's mass shootings are mental health issues. It, it's not. It's not. It's it's a gun right issue. It's, it's a, the Second Amendment kind of issue. And we're getting distracted. And it is a valid conversation to talk about mental health treatment, but not at the expense of a gun rights conversation. And it's valid to talk about abortion rights, but not at the expense of Change and what's coming in the future, not at the expense of children's lives in school. So it's it's uh, the best they can do is delay it, and they know this, like we were just talking about. Um, and it's 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 the strongest fear. That human, that the humanity is seen it is losing. white people losing their white supremacy? And I think that um, one way to maybe quickly change, uh, and maybe to speed up change, is to get rid of the term white. Um, I think that white is a term that they use to uh, find common ground uh, to advance their uh, their oppression basically. And so I've, I've been to Europe and if you go to Europe, they, they're not white, white doesn't exist in Europe. You have your French, you have German. And if you go to Germany and call somebody in Germany, white or French, they're like, no, I'm not white. What white? I'm German. Like, don't, don't call me that. I'm German. You come here though, somebody who's uh, American, but has German descent, they're white in America. But their but their ancestors were German. And if you called them white, that, that's wrong. Called them French, that's wrong. But if you come to America, French, German, White, they're all, they're all they all together. Because otherwise, you have they're they're not they're not the majority. You know, being French is not the majority, being German is not the majority, but being European is a majority, enough of a majority to advance their oppression. So maybe one way to stop their delay of change is to uh, dismantle their, their army that's, protect, that's, that's advancing everything that they want. And so um, I think that playing by their rules uh, uh, is, you know, you'll hear the quote, like, I'll let you write the legislation. I write the procedure and I'll beat you every time playing by their rules is, um, definitely a disadvantage. So, um, you know, that the, the tongue of the oppressor is Smith to be a, a shield for them and a sword against us. And I think that that's something that if we, Dismantle that. And that's obviously not going to happen overnight. Um, But it definitely uh, makes a huge change in the long run. Uh, If they're French and German and not white, they're now also a minority. And they are now also facing the same uh, different but the same struggles that minorities face in America. And they're not you know a, an army of oppression so uh it's not as massive a movement uh and uh maybe you can break it down to just the outdated dinosaurs and um when people realize that they are not white and not protected by this label of white but instead are french or are german or german american french american um maybe that will advance society away from this 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 uh, oppressive term Um, that allows these people to move as an army to advance their agenda. Um, And maybe, maybe then the people who are French American and German American will realize that their values are not, or maybe be able to teach their kids that the values that they have for their own culture of being French, being German is not in line with what these what these people who are like identify and p- purely identify as white, completely disregarding any European heritage. Um, they are the ones that are, the, the main, the nucleus of the problem. you know They're the ones who um, are at no saving point, a uh, point past saving, no return. And uh, they are the ones who are, like I said, the nucleus, the, the extremists like Donald Trump uh, would never say that he's French American or German American or name any other place in Europe, American. He would never say that he's white no. and he's right. white till the day he dies. Mm-hmm. And so those people like him are the nucleus of the problem, but you often hear about this reasonable middle. And, And uh, the reasonable middle, if you can um, demonstrate to them that they're not white and the values that come with being French-American or German-American does not align with Donald Trump, and even though it may not align with being Black or Hispanic, and it doesn't surely compare to the struggles of being Black or Hispanic, they won't be as far Confederate Donald Trump right. And so if if you take away those supporters it's, it's, it it dismantles this army that they have, um, that advances the agenda of oppression. And, uh, my dad often says that, um, the death of the Republican party is going to be the Republican party. Um, Mm. not, not, uh, you know, the democratic party attacking or anything. And that's either because they're dying off or they turn on each other or on themselves. And maybe that's a way to get them to turn on themselves and, um, stop this delay of change.
1: Oh, oh, wow. I, I know you guys are enjoying my interview with this brilliant, brilliant young uh, attorney, my good friend, Haley Taylor Slitz. Uh, just listening to her, I mean, guys, you know, uh, I, I don't think I could have said it any better. Uh, she really put uh, put it into terms that, you know, i I, I taking away that 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 term white. You know, because that's what many of them hold on to. Mm-hmm. I was listening to, uh, I think it was Michael Eric Dyson who said that uh, you know the, the 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 poor whites will will even sometimes vote against their own self interest mm-hmm. just because of the color of their skin. Yeah, because Absolutely. they feel superior and protected by. Mm-hmm those who they think are protecting them yes. and 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 that is those one those in that that one percent or the ten percent uh mm-hmm. whatever percentage that is of the rich whites yeah. that uh exist in this country and so uh that their, their whiteness is what they're holding on to mm-hmm. and that's a good point you bring you 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 bring out about about mm-hmm. that and Another thing I'll say is when it comes to mass shootings, we've heard this, and I'm sure you've heard this before, is that they don't happen in other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're only happening in the, in this country. Mm-hmm. And it's because uh, we haven't come to our senses uh, and uh, put in place uh, stricter gun legislation and stricter laws and, uh, and and put those things in place to protect uh, our citizenry uh and um it, it's it's sad to uh have to even have this kind of conversation unfortunately but it's one that we have to have and um i uh i you know i <laughs> i'm hoping that what will come out of this is um a a a uh clearer path to um, to, to 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 solutions because we've got to have these conversations. We've got to have these kinds of forums and um, I think like you said earlier voting is definitely going to have to be the answer. Those of you who are listening I hope you are registered to vote wherever you are in this country. Uh, I am a registered voter. I know Haley is a registered voter yes. and uh, And you have to believe and know that your vote counts and that your vote matters. And the reason why uh, there are so there there is so much attention around this conversation of voting and there are more stricter voting laws and things of that nature is because they know that your vote counts. Mm -hmm. They know that your vote matters. And that is what they're trying to uh, prevent you from. Doing and prevent you from going to the ballot box and making your voice heard because it will eliminate their power. It will reduce their power and and even replace them in many cases. So it's just I, I, I am uh, I'm just um, happy to have had uh, this young brilliant mind with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And and Haley, I've got to ask what is next for you? Because you have you I like how you snuck that uh that I wrote an op-ed in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh just let everybody know, of course, that uh you know that I have an op-ed out there, but uh I'm sure, you know, that this is just the this is just the beginning for you. So you know, what's next for you uh as the nation's youngest uh, doctorate.
2: I'm going to go and be a teacher. So I am going to go teach at EA Young, which is a school here in South Lake. And I'm very excited about that. And, um, I, I, uh, obviously with what's happened, I feel inspired and motivated to take action. Um, but also, I think it's a great foundation for my future to allow myself to continue taking action. Um, it's, it's a good foundation to have experience in the classroom and know, because I want to go into educational po- uh, policy and legislation eventually, and um, to have that uh, experience of knowing exactly what the legislation I'm writing will do to the, cl- to the classroom, to the teachers, to the students, to the families, and um, having that. Um, on the ground experience of being a teacher in the classroom, dealing with the students, dealing with the families, um, I think is going to be a fantastic foundation for me. Um, you know, not to mention, I, I, I want to be a teacher that uh, allows and creates an environment for students to build their path. So um, it, it's, ex- I feel very called to teaching and it's exactly, I'm very glad that it's exactly what I get to do uh, this coming fall.
1: That is truly amazing. It was not the answer I was expecting. I was thinking maybe you were were going to tell us that you know, I'm getting ready to uh, to run for Congress. I'm getting ready to <laughs>
3: I'm,
1: getting, I'm getting ready to uh, to to throw my hat in the in the ring to 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 run for the Senate. You know, I, I, I'm I'm <laughs> expecting those kinds of things from you, but uh, it is I, I'm so uh, again thrilled uh, for you, excited for you, and for you to say. That you are uh, are still de- desiring to be a teacher uh, amidst uh, this, uh, this 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 uh, this environment that we are talking about now, mm-hmm. uh, I think is very courageous and bold of you, and uh, we wish nothing but success for you and all that you do. Uh, we hope and pray that uh, that you will be successful. We know you will. We know you will. <laughs> And uh, we hope to have you back on to talk more about your success, about what you're doing, because we consider you to be a brilliant, brilliant young lady. And thank you for being with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you. All right, guys, it's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. You're sending in to The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked.
2: Who
1: told you that you were naked?
0: Get your copy now available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting MichaelNemons.com.
1: Like a victim when you are already victorious. It's time, time, time,
0: go. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show, the thought, thought, thought of the Week. It's time, Tom, Tom, For the Thinking Out Loud radio show,
1: thought thought, thought, thought of the Week. This week's thought is entitled, In God We Trust. Today, as we reflect upon the events that took place just a few days ago in Adobe, Texas, and the lives that were lost because of the senseless gun violence of a deranged and sick teenager, we want to offer some words of comfort and compassion to the families of the 19 children and the two teachers whose lives were lost in what is being aptly called a national tragedy. Here we are just two weeks ago apart from yet another mass shooting that has caught the attention of not just the nation, but the entire world. Just two weeks ago, we were sending our thoughts and prayers to the families of the 10 black shoppers who lives were taken at the hands of a white supremacist at Topps Market in Buffalo, New York. Now, just days later, we're grieving yet again over the loss of life and yet another mass shooting at Robb Elementary in Adobe, Texas by an 18-year-old deranged teenager. Will this problem of gun violence ever end? It seems today we have more questions than answers as we hear more and more misinformation and new information given regarding the handling and mishandling of the rescue attempt by the Adobe Police Department. What was once touted and lauded as a quick response by police from Texas Governor Greg Abbott is now being viewed as a tremendous disaster after discovering that it took the police between 40 minutes to an hour to actually go into the school to apprehend and kill the killer finding out that 19 officers were waiting outside of the classroom where the killer was barricaded and executing children police were waiting for a janitor to bring the key to open the door so they could go in and stop the carnage from taking place the blatant and Obscene dereliction of duty is a disgrace and everyone involved from the school administrators to police officers to Texas state and local officials all have some degree of accountability for what happened that fateful day. Not to mention the congressmen and women and senators from both sides of the aisles bear the weight of this national tragedy refusing to pass comprehensive gun legislation that will make it harder for mentally ill and deranged people to buy weapons to murder and slaughter their fellow man and banning these militaristic weapons of mass destruction from being purchased. Something has to be done, and something can be done. But who will do it is the question we all are faced with today. Who will take up this cause and put their politics aside and do what is right. Dr. King said the time is always right to do right. And ladies and gentlemen, that time is right now. But more importantly and far more significant a point for us to make is that even in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of the mass confusion, there is a God that sits high but he looks low and he knows what's going on. The word of God reminds us that he knows the way that I take and when he's done trying me, I shall come forth as pure gold. God knows the reason for our every tear. He knows the why, the when, and the where. He has all of the answers of life's questions. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And when we can't seem to find comfort and solace in the president's words from the White House or the governor's remarks at a press conference, you can always find peace and tranquility in the word of God. God's words are not meant to pacify or to pontificate about problems he can't solve. But they are reflections of the power he has to do what no one else can do. He can do what no one else can. He can give what no one else has. He can heal when everyone else is sick. He can change what no one else can seem to fathom. The word word of God declares... For it's in him that we live, we move, and we have our being. And for this reason and many more, it's in God we must put our trust. Not because it's a slogan on our currency, or it's a novel thing to say, but because he truly is the answer to all of the world's problems. He's the answer to world hunger. He's the answer to this economic crisis. He's the answer to the people of Ukraine. He's the answer to COVID-19. He's the answer for mass shootings everywhere. And he's the answer for every problem, every question, every situation or circumstance. The word of God again reminds us that some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember The name of the Lord our God, and we will be wise to trust him. I pray you were blessed by. The thought of the week entitled, In God We Trust, the wisest king to ever live, declared in Proverbs 3 and 5, to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and to lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. I want to give a special, special shout out to my good friend and the nation's youngest Jewish doctorate, Haley Taylor Slitch for being with us. On this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show We truly appreciate her And uh, we wish her nothing but success In all that she is doing Uh, She is definitely a friend of the show And uh, we are just godly proud of all that she's done and accomplished And we know for her the best is yet to come and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We truly, truly appreciate you and to the families, again, of those uh, who are lost uh, at the tragic, at the uh, tragic mass shooting in Adobe, Texas, Rob Elementary. Our hearts, our thoughts and prayers go out to each and every one of you. Um, you know, I, we know that this is a hard time. The word of God says heaven has no sorrow earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal and we hope and pray that God will give you comfort uh, in this time of need Uh, just know that God is with you no matter what men might say no matter what they might do we fail each other time and time again but God never fails Yeah, and we hope you were blessed by this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we hope you take advantage of the new feature uh, that is being offered through Spotify where you can now leave us a voice message uh, after you've listened to uh, the podcast. There's a link on each episode page. will take you back to Anchor where you can leave us a voice message uh, in response to anything that we've on the Thinking Out Loud radio show we would love to hear from you again we're adding some interaction back to the podcast so feel free to leave us your thoughts and provide us with your feedback and who knows you may hear your voice on the next week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show Well, guys, that's all for this week. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you tune in next week. But until next time, always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemmons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemmons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemmons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you.